Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, and welcome to Impact Cyber Church. I want to tell you that today we're going to dive into something that is just so incredibly important and is something I don't hear people talk about or teach about very much anymore. We're going to be talking about the blood of Jesus. Now, immediately, this has got to come to your mind. You sing songs about the blood of Jesus. You, you know scriptures about the blood of Jesus. But I want to talk to you about whether, whether or not and how we activate our faith uh, about the blood of Jesus and what it even means. You know, what, what does the blood of Jesus even represent? Why is the blood of Jesus a factor? And it's important that we know all these things. You know something? You can't operate faith in something that you know nothing about. And so we've got to dive in here. We've got to look at the blood of Jesus. And remember, the Scripture, what the Bible calls the Scripture, what the Apostle Paul called the Scripture, what Peter called the Scripture, what every, every New Testament believer up until the time of the Catholic Church called the Scripture was primarily the first five books of the Bible because everything about Jesus is revealed in those first five books of the Bible. And... Everything about what Jesus did to purchase our salvation is only understood to the degree that we understand what all of those sacrifices were about in the Old Testament because they were all types of the Lord Jesus Christ and types of what He did for us through His death, burial, and resurrection. You know, the Bible talks about in the book of Hebrews, it, it talks about how that, how that there was no kind of forgiveness of sins apart from blood. And we're going to talk about why we're going to go as far in that as we possibly can. But first, I want to kind of get you up to date on understanding the sacrifices. Now, you know, th there were all kinds of sacrifices. You know, there was the Passover, which involved blood. And the Passover is, is the first instituted sacrifice. And this is where the children of Israel are delivered from the wrath of God and they're delivered from the world's system. And then, you know, we, we've talked about, we, we talked about uh, leaven and leaven is, is not about getting forgiveness for sin. Leaven is about us dealing with sin, dealing, actually not just dealing with sin, dealing with the concepts of the world in our own heart and getting all of our beliefs or uh, uh, dealing with all of our beliefs that are not based on what God's word teaches. You know, one of the things I run into so often and you know, uh, some of you know Rick Trussell, my buddy here. We were just talking about we were just talking about that, and um, uh, we, we were talking about how that how that so many people are attempting to walk with God, but they 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 come into this thing and hold on to beliefs that they got outside of the Bible. They hold on to they may they may have heard some preacher preach them. But they, but they haven't gone back. They haven't decided, is this really what the Bible says? So we've got beliefs. And we've got beliefs about God. We've got beliefs about Jesus that we have never really even de determined if they are based on Scripture. And, but, but how we're trying to approach God and how we're trying to work faith is based on these beliefs. Well, you know something? 
That, that means that our life is full of leaven. We're still full of philosophical ideas that are based on the world system. They're not based on the scripture. They are not based on the word of God. And, and I'll tell you something, uh, you know, the person who continually struggles, the believer who continually struggles, you have to realize this. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Now that's not God making it hard for you. God's never trying to make it hard for you. And, and that word hard is a really interesting word. You know, that scripture tells us enough just in hearing it. The way a transgressor is hard. Well, okay. Uh, but, but what's interesting, that word for hard is also the word that kind of describes a flowing of a stream or the flowing of water. And what it's, what it's saying is for the transgressor, chaos, difficulty never ends. There's, their life is always going wrong. Nothing ever, ever works out. And so, you know, you would think that a person would just examine their life and go, you know something, uh, all of these, all these ungodly or unscriptural things that I'm doing um, uh, are just, that's what's causing the problem. God's not punishing me. God's not making it happen. God gave me the truth. God told me what righteousness was. He told me what godliness was. I can choose that if I take out the Bible. But you know something, we are living in a day where people are attempting to define righteousness for themselves. They're defining good and evil for themselves. And there's things in the Bible that people say, well, that might have, that might have been relevant, you know, a, a few thousand years ago, but that's not relevant today. Society has changed. Well, let me tell you something. Man have not changed. Mankind has not changed. And God has not changed. And the wages of sin is still death. Now, it's not God trying to kill you for your sin. It's, it's the fact that sin itself is poison. And it's amazing that we, that we look at aspects of our life that are in conflict with the Word of God, and we convince ourselves that they're all right. You know, God loves me, so this is all right. Well, He does love you. Yes, He does. And he's, He loves you so much, He's trying to draw you out of that stuff. But, but then our life just is get, gets harder and harder. I'll tell you, these are the people that end up throwing God away. These are the people that end up no longer really walking with God, trusting God. Some of them actually renounce God, become atheists and this sort of thing. So anyhow, <clears throat> you, don't, you don't want to be among those people. And this has got a lot to do with us activating and applying faith about the blood of Jesus in our life. So, there, you know, another very prominent sacrifice was, was atonement. Now, in atonement, this is, this is where sin was dealt with. This is where there was forgiveness of sin and actually renewal, uh, uh, setting you free from that sin so that you could actually have renewal. Now, every, every sacrifice that was a blood offering, and, and there, were, there were several of them, every sacrifice that was a blood offering, you as the believer would bring your offering to the Lord. And, you know, we talked about you know, you got blood at the Passover. So we need to know what that's about, getting delivered from the world. Um, and so, you know, we need to know that. We need to know why the blood provides that for us. We've got the atonement where, where sin is dealt with and the opportunity for newness of life is given to us. That's a blood sacrifice. Then we have basically the, the sin offerings where, where people who, even though they've already had atonement, they realize my conscience has been violated and, or maybe I actually have committed sin and I, and I need to reconnect to the blood. I need to have another offering. Uh, 
And then there was the purification offering where even though there was no actual sin committed, a person's conscience had been violated in some way. And for some reason, uh, they were feeling disconnected from God. And, and it, this was all about their conscience, all about the cleansing of the conscience. But when there was a, when there was a blood sacrifice, the, the believer would actually come and, and bring uh, the proper sacrifice to the priest. The priest would examine that sacrifice to make sure it was without blemish, but the priest would also examine the person that was bringing it. It will discover their attitude. You know, were they, were they bringing that sacrifice just to get by with something? It's like, okay, I just, I just got, I'm going to make a sacrifice so God doesn't kill me for this. Or were they bringing that sacrifice because they truly wanted to deal with the issues in their life? Were they bringing that sacrifice because they truly want it to be intimately connected to God? In other words, was the thing that they were seeking actually uh, coming back to intimate communion with God or were they seeking something else? Because God was always seeking intimate communion. He was always seeking the development of the relationship. So whenever they would go through that and, and it was determined that their attitudes were right and that, that they were doing it in faith. See, faith has always been the connection. There always had to be faith. And faith is when, because you trust God and you trust what He says, you believe if you do what He says, from the perspective of faith, trusting Him, then whatever He promises to happen is, is what's going to happen. So you would bring your animal, you'd go through this, this interview with the priest, and then you would lay your hand on this animal. Now, in my book, The Gospel of Peace, I talk about the fact that the priest would sacrifice animals, and later it did become that way, but that's not originally how God told them to do it. They would put one hand on the head of the sacrifice, and they would confess their sins. They would acknowledge their sins. And it's really important that they did it because with their other hand, they were going to take a knife and they were going to cut that animal's throat. And it was very important for them to make this connection between this is what I've done and this is the price that's got to be paid for it. A life has to pay for sin. And it's either going to be my life or it's going to be someone else's life. And so this person doing this in faith, doing this trusting that, that, that because they were following God's instructions in faith, not in legalism, not trying to earn something from God, but in faith, they trusted that they would experience uh, the forgiveness of God. They trusted that, that, they, that really impurity would be removed from their inner parts. Uh, not, not just sin, not just forgiveness. It, was, it wasn't just about forgiveness. It was about restoration. It was about getting my heart right again so that I can, with a clear conscience, come back to this place of intimacy, to this place of communion, this place actually, because, because see, in the place of communion, that's where the exchange takes place. Now, if you watched last week, we talked about this. The exchange where, where you actually experience God's forgiveness in your heart, where you actually experience God's renewal, where you actually experience grace, this happens in intimacy. It doesn't happen just because you quote Scripture. It doesn't happen just because you have that information. It doesn't happen just because God has provided for it. It, it is an experience that you have with God in your own heart. And listen, I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what God's promise. If we don't experience it in our own heart, it does not benefit or affect our lives uh, uh, in, in any way.
So <clears throat> all of these types were a type of Jesus, of, of what happened with Jesus and what happens with us as we're seeking to walk out this life that we have in Jesus. Now, Jesus is not going to die over and over and over again. We know that all of these sacrifices have been made, past tense. We know that. The Bible acknowledges that. But the problem is not whether or not the forgiveness of God has been taken care of through the blood of Jesus. The problem is whether or not in that particular event, I have actually, I'm going to use the word activate because it's actually a word that Paul uses in the book of Philemon where he talks about activating your faith through communion with God. And so if we haven't activated our faith about forgiveness, if we haven't activated our faith about, uh, about being renewed, and if we haven't you know, entered into that communion with the Lord Jesus, then the real truth is this is just Scripture that is not doing anything in our lives. So, so the reality is, in every situation, whether I'm, whether I'm laying hold to the promise of God for, for forgiveness, whether I'm laying hold to the promise of God for the grace to do something, whether I'm laying hold of, uh, of any aspect of anything that's given to me in the New Covenant, the real truth is I have to connect to that very specifically by my belief, by activating my belief in what Jesus did through His death, burial, and resurrection. And just like that person that's laying his hands on the head of that lamb, I have to remind myself that the life uh, that Jesus gave, the blood, and see, let me, let me just say something about blood. Blood signifies the wrath that is poured out. Blood signifies the death, the consequences that have to be paid for sin. And so, so if in my heart, I'm always approaching God, on, whether it's for forgiveness or whether it's for any of the promises. If I'm always approaching God on the basis of the blood of Jesus, the, the, the fact that He died for me, the fact that He paid the price for me. Now, now keep in mind, the blood of Jesus paid the price so that you can, number one, experience forgiveness. Number two, so you can experience an ongoing cleansing. Every time you, every time your conscience needs cleansing, this is where you, this is where you go back and you, you operate faith in the blood of Jesus. This is where you go back and deal with whatever you've got to deal with, so that your conscience becomes clear. Not so you get God to give forgiveness that He's never given you. This is where, this is where you go back and get your conscience cleared, because because you reconnect Him. But then the Bible says that by the blood we enter into the holy of holies. In other words. Uh, we can stop at forgiveness. And this is where most people stop. They stop at forgiveness. But the real truth is nothing much changes in their life because they don't go into the Holy of Holies. They don't go into that secret place with God where they experience that exchange that we talked about yesterday, where they experience what it's like for the life and the power of God to come inside them. So, so the question is, am I, gonna just, am I just going to honor the blood of Jesus uh, for getting me saved, past tense? 
Or am I going to honor and have faith in the blood of Jesus for dealing with the things that violate my conscience, for dealing with the places where I, where I create offense? But even beyond that, am I going to go to the place where I use the blood of Jesus to enter into the Holy of Holies, to go back to that place of communion, that place of connection? So, so you know, I've got to decide how far am I willing to go? How far am I willing to go into this connection with God? Now, I want you to understand something. I mentioned this yesterday. We have to understand that because of free will, everything we do with God has to be by faith. God does not make you do anything. The Bible says in Genesis, what is it, uh, 126 or, or thereabouts, it says, it says that we were created in the likeness and the image of God. Now, God can't create us in his likeness and image and then make us do things. So that means that the only way we can have a relationship with God is if he tells us the truth about everything and because we trust him, we believe what he says. Now, there is this concept that's floating around and it's cheating people out of getting a clear conscience. It's cheating people out of experiencing the grace of God. There's this concept that says because Jesus has already given forgiveness, when we sin, when we do anything, there's no need to deal with it because it's, it's already taken care of. And if you, if you try to deal with it, you're, you're just being religious. You're just in dead works. There's something wrong with you. Well, no. You see, if, if people understood the scripture they would have understood what John was talking about in 1 John, where he talks about this whole process of, of dealing with things, of confessing something, of owning something. And, and actually, you know, part of what you have to confess is not just your sins, but part of what you've got to confess, if you're there by faith, you either got to confess it out loud with your mouth, or you've got to at least confess it in your heart is the fact that you know that Jesus has already paid for this sin. You've got to confess the fact that you know that even though you gave into this, you didn't have to, you chose to, because grace is available for you. In other words, in other words, you've got to confess the positives as well as the negatives, because you've got to take ownership of what is yours through the Lord Jesus Christ. But again, God cannot make you do that. We have a free will. God never violates our free will. Therefore, we have to choose to believe the truth and act on it. Otherwise, it is, it is absolutely of no benefit to us. Now, let me, just, let me just tell you what I want to do this month. This month, I want you to invest in yourself. This month, I want you to take another step in, in walking as a disciple where you're learning about God for yourself. Because this month, instead of having a special, one special series I'm going to offer, I am offering 20% uh, off on every single series I've got, every downloadable book. You know why? Because, because whatever you want to do, whatever you want to deal with, I want to make it where you can. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to extend that even to heart physics. I know last week I said it was just going to be on my series, but I'm going to tell you something. This is going to be heart physics, all downloadable books, all series that I've got. Any way that you want to invest in yourself, I want you to be able to do it because that's what disciples do. Disciples invest in their own life. You know, you go out here in the business world, people in the business world who want to succeed, they understand they have to invest in themselves. Man, they take classes, they, they go to seminars, they read books, they study because they are diligent about the path they're walking. I want to tell you what, as believers who are committed to being disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have to invest in ourselves. 
And, you know, the, listen, what do you think the disciples were doing when they walked with Jesus? I mean, yeah, it cost them financially because not only did they give up their jobs, but they had to actively help raise support for what Jesus was doing. That was, a, that was common understanding in those days. So, you know what? Invest in yourself. And here's the great thing. When you invest in yourself, 85 cents out of every dollar that you invest is able uh, to go into reaching the world for Jesus. In other words, uh, you know, there, there's a, a small amount that comes out of that. And, and other, other than that, it goes into reaching the world for Jesus. So you're not just investing in yourself. You're investing in the world. You're helping us take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Now, I'm just going to run through some of these because I've already mentioned a couple of them. But I just want you to think about some of the places where we should be actively believing and reminding ourselves of what Jesus did for us. You know, the sin offering, we've already talked about it. Uh, you know, Ephesians 1, 7 says, In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the rich, richness of His grace. So, so every, time, every time, you know, we, we remind ourselves of our salvation, we, we need to re not just remind ourselves we're saved, we need to remind ourselves of the price that Jesus paid by the shedding of His blood, by pouring out His life. Now, the blood is really interesting. Uh, Jesus says in 1 Corinthians 11, 24 through 26, where he's talking about communion, he, he calls it the blood of the covenant. Now, when you go back and study the book of Leviticus and you start looking at all of the sacrifices that were made, one of the interesting things that you find is that, is that a part of the, of, of the sacrifice was a returning to the covenant. Now, Jesus made a covenant with God, which is the covenant of peace. And so when we take communion or whenever, whenever we are seeking to commune with God, uh, the blood should always remind us not just of the price that Jesus paid, but what that price purchased. See, see when, you're, when you're seeking to connect with God, are you reminding yourself, I, I have access to you by the blood of Jesus? In other words, I come to you on the basis of the sacrifice that Jesus made. I have access into the Holy of Holies. I am a participant in the covenant that you made with the Lord Jesus because I am in Him. In other words, is Jesus, does Jesus and His sacrifice is that ever even in your mind? Is that ever even motivating you when you're praying, when you're communing with God, when you're connecting with God, when you're taking communion? Is that ever a part of it? You know, I saw somebody on Facebook the other day and they were just blasting churches because, because churches uh, didn't invite lost people to partake in communion. And uh, man, people were just on there. It's like, yeah, you know, Jesus, he didn't, he didn't eliminate anybody at the Last Supper. Well, let me tell you something. At the Last Supper, there were only believers there. And I understood because some churches just do that in a really, really negative way. And with some churches, even if you're born again, if you belong to de another denomination, you can't take communion. And so even though they may be handling it wrong and should turn it into an opportunity to get people saved, there is a biblical reason for that. A person who, a person who, is taking the communion service, what's supposed to be happening in their heart is a reconnection to their faith in the fact that Jesus' body was broken so ours wouldn't have to be, that Jesus' blood was poured out and the wrath of God was poured out on him so it would not be poured out on us. So a non-believer can't do that, not unless we explain to them what's happening, and, and we should. So then, of course, there's the purification 
offering. And this is, like I say, this is where, uh, where we deal with a clear conscience. You know, Hebrews 9, 14 talks about how the blood of Jesus, through the eternal spirit, offered itself without spot to God to cleanse our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So, so I want to deal with anything because the moment my conscience gets violated, I will stop serving God. You're not going to serve God with a guilty conscience. If you do, you're going to do it out of dead works to try to please God instead of it being something where you're in love with God. Then, of course, there is the peace offering where, where there's that, that celebration of the fact that you're at peace with God. And, and, and you know, the peace offering always followed the sin offering. So when, you, when a person made the sin offering, that sin offering, man, they, they were reconnecting to the, to the blood of the covenant. They were reconnecting to the promises of God that God had made a way that even though they didn't deserve forgiveness, they got it. And, and even, though, even though they should have uh, been punished, they weren't going to be punished because, because uh, uh, God was not, was not only forgiving them, but he was, he was renewing them in that process. Well, the peace offering was, was something that wasn't, legally required. It was just something somebody brought back and said, man, I am at peace with God. God's at peace with me. And they brought another offering to celebrate the fact that I am reconnected to God. Man alive, you know, many people that, that follow me, you know, if you haven't, you need to read my book, The Gospel of Peace and understand the covenant of peace, understand why peace is so incredibly important. But I'm telling you what, there needs to be a celebration of the peace offering. There needs to be a celebration of what God has given us in Jesus. Now, I'm not going to have enough time to go in this. I'm probably going to touch on this, on this next week. But one of the things that we want to understand is all of the promises are received by faith. And we're going to talk about that next week. But right now, I just want to wrap this thing up with, with asking you this question. It's like, are you always mindful of the blood of Jesus, the sacrifice of Jesus. Is your every approach to God to worship Him, to get your prayers answered, to get into communion with Him, uh, uh, to cleanse your conscience, it, uh, to experience the grace of God, it, it is, is everything connected to in your heart what Jesus did, the price that He paid, the blood of Jesus. See, faith in the blood of Jesus isn't just faith in the fact that He shed His blood. It's faith in what that really means what God says it means, what God showed us through all of the sacrifices, what God tells us through all of the scripture. Because you see, if our, if our faith, when we talk about faith in Jesus, that's, that's really what we're talking about. Faith in the price that he paid. He died. He paid the ultimate price to deliver us from the wrath of God, Galatians 3.13. And then he was raised up in newness of life so that we could have newness of life. And he established a new covenant whereby he received all of the inheritance of God so that we could share that new covenant just because we are in him and we believe what he did. So believing on the name of Jesus includes believing on all that he did, all that name stands for and how he accomplished it. Man alive, listen, put placards up, do whatever you gotta do to start reminding yourself I'm not dead today because Jesus died. When you pray your next prayer, this, this, this prayer, I have the right to pray this prayer because Jesus died. He paid the price for this. Next time you're forgiving somebody or forgiving yourself, just remind yourself, I have the right to expect this forgiveness because Jesus died. 
he paid this price. Make Jesus the focal point, the center, and the price that he paid, make that the center of all of your life. Now listen, be sure to take just 10 seconds at the end of this program and either, and either the like this or subscribe to this YouTube channel if you're watching on YouTube because man, that will help me reach more people. Be sure to check out what series you want to get this month. Get it at the discount, invest in yourself. And listen, you may want to join me October the 27th, 29th. This is your last chance probably to get into my meeting in Victoria, uh, Canada. You can check it out on my website. God bless you. Thank you for being with me. I'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.